Hey guys, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Got a question real quick before we get into the episode for the fellas. Hey fellas, do you like clothes? Yeah, you probably do. You like to you like to wear cool clothes. Are you having trouble these days building your wardrobe? Yeah, can I be honest? I have, okay? I go on stage, I wear what's around. I like cool shit, but sometimes I don't know what cool is. And I got to tell you guys, there's a company called 5-4. Have you heard of them? Yeah, you probably have because fucking Chris Paul, Derek Rose, Blake Griffin, Aziz Ansari, Don Cheadle, uh, Troy Polamalu, Zach Efron, Adam Ray, all sport 5-4 clothing. I like to look good. I know you do too. If you're a dude, you like to look good because looking good makes you feel good. Chicks like it. You fucking, it helps your business, whatever you're doing. Look, I... I I don't like taking time to shop, all right? I don't like going to the mall. You wander around aimlessly. You're like, do I want pants or, or shorts? I don't know what I'm doing here. 5-4 has it all, okay? Most dudes, once they find a brand, they lock in. They want to get what they get and get the fuck out. 5-4 came along. You know why? Because they wanted to help educate dudes on how to dress better, how to personalize your style, how to find exactly what you're looking for, you know, depending on what the situation is. So all you got to do is, is this. You go onto the website, you create a profile, whether you're looking for clothes for your office, the club, uh, uh, just a chill weekend with the boys, you're going out on a second date with a girl and you're, you don't know how you should dress to impress, 5-4 has you covered on every, uh, every level. Um, there's profiles that range from classic to casual to forward to mix. I wear 5-4 all the time, all right, because I love looking good. I like their style. I like their clothes. I like the personal touch you get to put on it. And especially on stage doing stand-up, I like to feel good and look presentable. You're selling your brand. They've got everything, too, that's great uh, and in season. They've got shorts and button-ups, uh, jackets and jeans when it's chillier. When you sign up to become a 5-4 Club member, here's what you get, all right? A simple, affordable way to expand your wardrobe. That's what they started, and that's what they do. The clothes are dope. You get a personalized member experience, all right? This is, this is what a lot of other uh, fashion lines don't offer, okay? Dependable how-to-wear style suggestions from dudes who look good and are killing it in the clothing game, man. When you look good, you feel good, you act good, you live good, you love good, you fuck good. All right? You also get curated collections selected by personal stylists. All right? You put in what you like, what you're feeling, what you're vibing out, your your personal preferences, and they, they, they help you find what that is clothing-wise. All right? You also get free size exchanges. That doesn't happen with every business. And free delivery. Do you know how many fucking businesses slack because they don't do free delivery? You also get easy style profile edits. You want to go on your profile, make a change, do it free of charge. And you can only get all this if you sign up to be a 5-4 Club member. All right, so go to 5-4-Club.com, create a profile, okay, and use the promo code ALN when you sign up to get discounted off your first package, all right? Also, if you sign up this month, you get a free pair of Robert Geller shades. Do you know who Robert Geller is? Oh, I don't know. Just maybe named best new menswear designer in 2009. He's collaborated with Levi's, G-Shock, Yeezy, season one. Remember that? Well, if you sign up this month for 54club.com and use the promo code ALN, you're going to get a free pair of Robert Geller shades. What the fuck? Free dope shades. Usually priced at 200 bucks. You're going to get them for free when you sign up this month for 54club.com. Use the promo code ALN. I'm telling you, I did it. Brad just signed up for it and has already been rocking some of his fucking pants and shirts. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest, he's upgraded. Brad was always a decent dresser to me. I was like, hey, bro, 
out with the Hot Topic shirts from back in the day. I know you used to work there. I know you got hooked up, but it's time to change your life. All right? Go to 54club.com right now. Put in promo code ALN. 60 bucks a month, dude, and start start living and feeling better, man. Start creating your profile, putting in your style, uh, preferences, and ideas, and then work with the team and start to uh, get your your wardrobe intact man their suggestions are on point they know clothes better than we do all right most dudes are like i know how to dress i know it looks good yeah you you do to a point man but everybody needs a little help don Cheadle fucking wears these clothes don Cheadle. i don't know about you but i model my life after don Cheadle. 54club.com use promo code ln and start looking doper you see that i'm already using cooler words dressed up in 5-4 and i'm already making up words like doper and now, enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. What an episode today. I can't even tell you how pumped we are to release today's episode. It's um, a guy Brad and I both have looked up to since we started comedy, have gotten to perform with him on shows. Uh, he's one of the first um, headliners that I hosted for at the Irvine Improv uh, when Amy Schumer was still featuring. She was uh, middling for this guy. Brad's become buds with him, has done his comedy underground shows on Comedy Central and at the Comedy Store. He's a comics comic. Uh, he's a, a beast of a headliner. He's a, an amazing quick wit, um, a brilliant joke writer, and uh, and a guy that I don't know if I ever thought we'd have him on the podcast, and, and we did, and it was an amazing conversation. I'm talking about the one and only Dave Attell. That's right, baby. You might remember him from Insomniac on Comedy Central uh, from back in the day, Dave's old porn on Showtime, the Comedy Underground, the Gong Show, uh, countless TV appearances, Conan's, Letterman's, Ferguson's. Um, Dave is, a, is, a, is an icon in the stand-up comedy world. Um, everybody who loves comedy uh, includes Attell in their list of people that they that, that make them love to laugh and um you know of course skanks for the memories that cd and and uh, his hbo special uh, unbelievable um we we went to the comedy store for this one sat upstairs in the green room of the belly room so uh it was really just dope to have such a authentic real and raw comedy conversation in such in such a historic place Dave talked about all sorts of stuff, man, from his waiting tables days to um, going on the road with Mitch Hedberg, uh, which is some great stories there. Talks about my favorite, uh, you know, the uh, recently deceased Greg Giraldo, um, you know, how uh, he got into stand-up in New York, his his funny family, jeez, uh, um, and talking about the current state of comedy from Dave was really enlightening and, uh, and eye-opening to see from somebody who started when it was, you know, before cell phones and social media and Twitter and all that bullshit. And to, to hear his thoughts on, on, you know, how that contributes to the business and hurts it and helps it. It was really great. Um, just a great comedy conversation. If you love comedy, you like to laugh, uh, definitely a lot of uh, funny moments that we had in this one. Because you can't help it for, you know, we, but, you know, we got, we got to definitely real for a little bit and talked a lot of... Uh, yeah, you know, just, just real talk, but you know, fun talk. Obviously, on this podcast, you guys know we never get too deep about uh, anything. But um, it was just a great conversation, and uh, I know you guys are going to love it as much as we did recording it. So follow Dave Attell on Twitter at a t t e l l, uh, just at Attell. Uh, hit him up on Twitter. Tell him how much you love the podcast. Uh, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at ALN Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. 
Go see Brad Williams this weekend in Cleveland, Ohio, guys. March 10th through March uh, 13th. Brad will be at the Cleveland Improv in Cleveland, Ohio. Get your tickets at improv.com. And then, of course, March 17th, uh, 18th. Uh, just March 17th and 18th. Brad will be in Columbia, Missouri at the Deja Vu Comedy Club in Columbia, Missouri. Go see Brad at Deja Vu. Get your tickets, uh, I think, at DejaVu.com. Deja Vu, that used to be a strip club in Seattle. It's one of the first ones I went to back in the day. Boy, you don't forget that shit. <laughs> walking in just so uncomfortable, but wanting to fit in so bad. Just walking in like, all right, yeah. Like making eye contact with bouncers and... Given like the '80s sh- shooters, like yeah, what up, man? Yeah, no, I'm I've been here before. Yeah, it smells good in here. What is that? What is that? A new kind of soap you guys are using to clean up after you rub your. Anyway, I'll just have a I'll just have Sprite. I'm I'm underage. You have to order drinks in those places. So uncomfortable, so sleazy too. <clears throat> I've been a strip club in forever. I don't think I'm gonna be on, in one again for probably quite some time, unless I take. Like, my kid there, or if I start getting involved in, like, a Big Brother program, I think I'd probably, I'd take a kid there. Why not, you know? Expand his horizons and, you know, his views of the world. Be like, hey, dude, this is, this is also a job. This is also an option if, if, uh, I want to say if things don't go well, but some people choose stripping, I think, because they're like, look, I got a dope body. I can make quick, easy cash. I'm going to put my kid through college in two years instead of 17. Um, anyway, uh, come see me. I got a lot of L.A. shows coming up. AdamRayTV.com for all my tour dates. Um, Inglewood, Colorado. I'm going to be at the Gothic Theater with Michael Ian Black. Uh, Inglewood, California. That's in Denver, baby. Uh, about 15, 20 away. At the Gothic Theater on March 24th with Michael Ian Black. So come see me there. Oh, Irvine, California. I'm going to be there, too. Headlining the Irvine Improv on March 15th. Uh, that's a Tuesday at 8 p.m. Come see me there. Get your tickets at improv.com. And then, of course, uh, La Jolla, San Diego. Come to the La Jolla Comedy Store April 1st and 2nd. Two shows both night. Get your tickets at comedystore.com in La Jolla, San Diego, California. And then I just added a few other dates. I'm going to be coming to the West Palm Beach Improv in West Palm Beach, Florida, baby. April 7th through the 10th. Get your tickets at improv.com. My first time there, man. West Palm Beach. Come out and see me, Florida, baby. Let's do it. And then, of course, end of uh, April uh, April 28th through the 30th. I'm going to be in Boston, Massachusetts at Laugh Boston. Come out and see me there. Uh, of course, bring your merch. You guys, when you're coming to the shows, bring all your your, your hats, your your shirts, your Ronnie the Quave shirts, your Life My Life shirts, the posters, all available at astoymerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y, merchandise.com. Get all your merch. Uh, bring it. We'll sign it. Show your support for the pod, which we appreciate. Of course, other ways to show your support, by shooting us an email, okay? About last night pod at gmail.com. Send all of your emails, your fan stories, <clears throat> whether it's just a personal story about what the pod does for you, how much you love it, uh, the you know, how maybe a, maybe a favorite pod moment, maybe a funny story with you in the pod, maybe who you've turned onto the pod, maybe your 80-year-old grandma or your five-year-old nephew, some sort of fan story, uh, shoot us an email with it that we're going to start pu- uh, pulling our fan of the week's from that email so about last night pod at gmail.com send all your fan news stories whatever uh hashtag aln podcast and uh, we're gonna start plucking our fan of the week 
from those emails. All right? Keep tweeting at us. Keep giving us those five-star ratings uh, on, on the iTunes page. And comment on the iTunes page, all right? Those five-star ratings in the comments help us climb the charts. Uh, so just type in About Last Night Podcast on the iTunes page. Five-star rating, comment. Takes two seconds. Do it while you're listening to the rest of the intro before you get into the episode. Knock it out. Helps us uh, climb the charts, like I said, you know? And we want to uh, keep evolving and, uh, and spreading the, the good word on the About Last Night Podcast show. Thank you for those reviews. Keep on doing them. Uh, and, oh, tomorrow night, I forget to tell you guys this. Tomorrow night is finally the premiere of Separation Anxiety, my new TBS show. Really pumped. Had some premiere episodes, uh, some preview episodes over the weekend that went really well. So pumped. TBS is pumped. But tomorrow night, it's finally the night, the premiere night, Separation Anxiety, TBS, the game show with myself and Eliza Schlesinger. So fun, so funny. Uh, you guys going to dig it, man. New twist on a game show. It's edgy. It's cable. The couples are dope. The game is uh, unique, and, uh, and I hope it crushes. So check it out tomorrow. I think it's 9 p.m. on TBS, but check your local listings. Uh, local listings. Separation Anxiety, TBS, tomorrow night. All right? Thank you. And tweet at me afterwards, all right? Hit me up on Twitter, at Adam Ray Comedy. Tell me how much you dig the show. Uh, send us emails, aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com. I want to hear you guys' feedback, man. Tell me you love the show. If you didn't like the show, don't send me anything. I can't handle that negative feedback, all right? I'm sensitive. I just want to hear that you love it. You guys are going to love it. Now that we got the game show info out of the way, those are the tour dates. Those are the Twitter handles. That's all the merch info. That's all the fan of the week info. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only David Tell. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Just asking Brad about the roast battle. You, you've judged it before, yeah? Are we on now? Yeah. <laughs> Not even an intro? <laughs> well, intro I mean, post. what's we the name do, of the podcast? How it, about that? It's called the About Last Night Podcast. Oh, okay. And uh, if you want, we, we, we gave you the cheesy intro of the, of the and, I'll, and I'll go into like full radio voice. Yeah, well, I was going to say, um, <laughs> you know, Brad, uh, congratulations on the podcast, but is it better than regular radio? Because the last time I saw you, you were on regular radio yes. the last day. Yes. That was a station in Seattle, right? Uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, over at Cobbs, you saw me. And uh, uh, I like the podcast better. It pays significantly less. Well, that's, oh, a, po- that's a podcast <laughs> polo, his radio morning polo. Oh, I see. Yeah, there's, there's an upgrade in buttons. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a little nicer. You just... didn't button it all the way up when you were on the radio. No, no, yeah. it's, it's early. Yeah. We, it, we don't really did you uh, Did you do the uh, morning radio that he was on? When you're out yeah, there? well, that's the whole thing. It's like uh, I really don't like doing it. Um, you know, I've done so much radio, yeah. but uh, I, I, it's always more fun when there's another comic in there, and it's even right. more fun when it's a comic you know and you like. So yeah. I was like, oh, Brad's on the show? This is going to be great. And then um, I get there, and it turns out it's his last day. So <laughs> it was all about him leaving, and everybody oh, was sad, Jesus. and they were kind of very awkward. That and like no, no, no one wants to be around someone when they're losing a dwarf. Like, like, <laughs> like that's the worst day of someone's life. It's like I had it, I had the dream. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I could have had a midget my entire life. Do you, do you still enjoy doing morning radio at all, or is there? 
I don't know. Of course, Stern is kind of the template of like the yeah. ultimate radio, but yeah. there's some great stations out there. And, um, you know, uh, I think you guys learned like uh, how much work radio is. Like, uh, I give it up to you podcast guys because, you know, on, on regular radio, you got to do like, you know, the weather and the sports yeah. and the politics. And then also right. like, you know, there's going to be a buggy ride down at the bu- 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 <laughs> you know, bring your sidearm, you know, like that kind of your sidearm it's the it's a sidearm hey uh sidearm hey hey hey, hey ride puddle of mud is playing everyone yeah. puddle of mud yeah but even the podcast like you know how hard it is to like just get guests and you know set it up and all that so it's a lot of work i mean it is but i, I think it's yeah for sure it is it for us it it's been great for stand-up obviously because it does yeah. help for getting people out in the seats but yeah i mean it's more i think just the longer um uh having the episode be longer too there's just more um Content you have to fill up in a while. Yeah, that's hour. true. Yeah, like like. How long is an episode? Uh, about uh, about three and a half hours. Yeah. Wow, so we, we got, got you, you here for that. Is a Quentin Tarantino movie? <laughs> yeah, <What's going> <laughs> <laughs> we're actually doing the end first, okay, and then, and like then we'll that. go back into the beginning. Make the audience earn it. That's the way I, <laughs> I was raised. <laughs> Uh, I uh, I'd like to share the first time I met you, which okay. was at the Irvine Improv when I hosted for you, and Schumer was middling. Do you remember that? Really? That was, um, I don't remember that specific sure. one, but yes, Amy yeah. and I were on the road for a yeah. bit. How uh, I was just there recently. So. Oh, nice. How yeah, do you like the so new club weekend. versus the old one? The new one is massive. Here's the thing about uh, these gigantic clubs. It's like, I love the staff there. They're great. Like, yeah. I've known them for years. They're just awesome. And, uh, uh, you know, the town is pretty good. I mean, it is a little, um, you know, it's white. It's yeah. rich. It's all those things. But they still like to come out and drink and laugh. So they're my crowd, you know. Yeah. But uh, I would say that once you get over 300 seats, you're in that weird area of like, uh, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, yeah. I think I need to up my game. And like, there's nothing worse than like a 600 seat comedy club half sold out. You're like, oh, right. Man, then, like, it's the saddest. And the waitress is in the seats. back. You can see them glaring, just glaring at you. <laughs> yeah. And then 300 people in any other room is like, great. It's yeah. sold out. It's a party. But then, yeah, if you have the 600 seats, you can't, you can't help but feel like you failed somehow. And let's talk about it. The check spot. For those of you who know comedy, you know what the check spot is. For those of you who don't, it's mm-hmm. when everybody has to pay the bill in the middle of the headliner's act, right. usually, about 15, 20 minutes in. Right. And in a 600-seat room, it's almost like uh, it looked like Comic-Con. People are getting up. They're, like, walking around. You know, they're talking. People are having the arguments. Uh, yeah. Wait, what, I, I shouldn't have to pay full for the nachos. I had three nachos. Yeah. Then, there you go. Yeah, it's like a, it's, a, it's an endless, and then you have to kind of get them back. I've insane. literally put into my act, like, check drop jokes. Oh, cool. That are, like, long, more long story jokes that don't have so many punchlines. Kind of kind of like my act in general. Just not that, not that many punchlines. No, that's not true. I will say this. <laughs> And you, you can back me up on it. Yeah. Brad is uh, like a great comic, but also like you're a hard road comic, and I like that. Yeah. Like you, you're on the road a lot. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's a lot of like, especially in LA, where you see a lot of comics. You know, they're kind of like in that mode where they're trying to get into the clubs and then maybe get on the road or on TV or yeah. you know that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But like he's been on the road like for years. That's where since, he's since built his career. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you find like in places like Irvine, you mentioned it being like predominantly white. Do you, did you when you first started playing there and picked up on that? Did you ever try to? cater or like bring it like be even edgier just to like spite how maybe you thought they were going to be not on board or do you ever do you, do you factor that in when you see a crowd that's maybe that's all- a, i guess a good question I, you know i know now everything has to have some kind of social relevance but i go for the you know 
I go for the dick joke. I mean, I'm not above it. I'm a club comic, but everybody loves him. I think it also at the end of the day. Yeah. I did a corporate gig for people in their 60s and 70s, and they told me to not be filthy. And towards the end, I was doing crowd work with an old woman. And we started talking about sex toys, and it ended up being the best part of the show. And then after right. the woman who ran it goes, "Why weren't you filthier?" I go, "Because somebody else told me not to be." Yeah, it's hard when you're in a, like a situation like a yeah. corporate. That's why like a. Corporate gigs, college gigs, you know, you're always like, oh, I don't do them anymore. I'm too old. But uh, for you guys, yeah. Yeah, you got you to gotta pay that rent. You went to college <laughs> gigs anymore? No way. No, no way. There's it, no way I want to um, yeah, face the eye-rolling, um, you know, app makers of tomorrow. That's what I look at them and I go like, <laughs> right now a guy's thinking of an app while I'm up here. You <laughs> the know? app makers uh, of it tomorrow. Might, it might save the world, but it's really not helping me. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it, it was... That is such a more depressing thought than, like, children are our, our, our future. That's a little more optimistic and like uh, the app makers of tomorrow <laughs> no i i have uh I, I think that the the crowd like in terms of like my crowd like i when you talk about irvine like when i first played there like the old the old club yeah it used to be a wilder crowd it was like you know mm. mma guys and strippers <laughs> and like just like like beach guys but not like like uh you know like soft beach guys like hardcore like um Muscle you know like a guy with a, like a eye patch you know like <laughs> you know like who goes by like one name you know like that's sparky yeah Wait, yeah don't yeah. sparky created the wake you know and like that was cool and i was like these people are really cool they were like way cooler than me and i was like this is great that i'm like you know performing yeah. then it got more suburban like any other gig now you kind of like um you know they're all like uh you know everybody you know shows up and they're you know wearing some cargo pants and uh you know <laughs> they got a they got a you know a shirt on and they just want to you know drink and eat you know now now yeah you for a long time have been sort of the the champion of the freak show in a way like you have the guys that like between your work on insomniac and the gong show and, and things like that right like the like like you say the tattooed MMA guys and then this like the strippers the I, yeah that audience. was a good crowd for a while yeah, yeah like do, is is that is that an audience you sat you set your sight to get or just kind of <laughs> like I'm gonna be the king for of sure. the freak show no no I, I don't think I was ever really the king of it I was definitely like you know I I held my own with the drinking and they were mm-hmm. the drinking crowd they were the bar crowd but now like the bar crowd is more um. I guess you could say Metro, you know, it's like yeah. poetry slams and, you know, let's uh, get out the <laughs> Scrabble board, you know. Was there ever a time during the, like, the heyday of like, Insomniac when it was just all, when it was just like a room full of just strippers and meatheads and just like, I mean, collectively just a... It was always the college guys that yeah. would come down and try and like, you know, challenge drink and like, you know, scream out stuff. That's why it's fo- so funny that like when I look at everyone's acts now, like, I, you know, the comedy store is really good because you see a lot of people in different levels of comedy, like yeah. starting out and people have been doing it for a while. And then like, you know, you get the big names come in like Louis C.K. and yeah. Chris Rock were here working on the. Yeah. I think that's that's amazing. And it's really good for the whole club. Totally. And all that stuff. And, um, you know, you see that in New York, too, at the comedy store. But when you see these new comics heckling is so different now it's just like um you know it, like the audience just will not engage like they'll just mm-hmm. almost like emotionally turn off like yeah you can always feel them like powering down yeah and like the comic will just be up there basically speaking to themselves and and in a way that's like this kind of like silent heckle you know yeah it, it, and it's then there's strange. the groaning of course yeah. you know? well i mean you are you are responsible for in my career the greatest heckle comeback i have ever heard for sure and I that and that was uh at the aforementioned Ir- uh, irvine improv 
some lady yelled something out to you just from the back, just that loud, like, yeah, I don't think you suck, Dave, or whatever the hell. Yeah. And you responded with, and I'm going to do a horrible David Tell impression <laughs> to David Tell right now, mm-hmm. but uh, you you responded with, all I heard was come, come, gurgle, gurgle, and the sound of a father crying. <laughs> 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 we got through it. That is a good one. Yeah, like, but like you—that's another one I should have put on a T-shirt. I mean, like, I am the worst at my merch. mom would have bought six. Yes, yeah, yeah. you could sell them right in front, like. Uh, but, and, but, but but like being sort of that you're that late night ki- kind of audience is that is that something that just grew from your act? Naturally? Where do you develop is that the, that quick wit? To um, did it come from uh, dealing with hecklers? Yeah, I, I just I think I came up in comedy in a different time. Like when uh, there really was like um, kind of a knife fight, no holds barred kind of situation of like, especially in the New York um, open mic scene. Mm-hmm. And I think there were definitely rougher open mic scenes like Boston, which had like not only like super like hardcore professional hecklers, but also like the comics themselves were like characters, like a pirate ship of guys of this, like you know, yeah. like uh, getting paid and like you know. Coke and chowder. I don't. I don't even know what they were doing up there. Like so those guys were intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> those things were very. Th- those. Those like you know, like every town always had its like you know like the harder scene. And um, yeah. uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's like I'm really lucky that I came up before the phones and the uh, mm-hmm. and the web and all that kind of stuff because I really do think that there's so much second guessing in comedy now because yeah. of like PC political correctness and then also the next level of just self. Promotion. It takes away from. It takes away from the actual doing of it, totally. the fun of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think the audience himself, like they also like, you know, it's so hard for them to like just connect now when there's like their phone is right there and they really want to be on that phone. And you can just tell, like after a show, like when people like get to go out and turn their phone on again, yeah. if they were nice enough to turn it off. Right. It's almost like this. Like it's almost like watching a clown take a shit. <laughs> you know, it's almost like it's. Funny and it's sad and it's just like the worst and it and it gives you a boner. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, you know, I, I I know I'm like the old like Sam Elliott of the group here, but uh, <laughs> I I'm not the best comic, and I'm definitely like not the guy who's like you know comedy should be or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I will just say one thing that like it's only going to get more bland and. Uh, just wow. you feel that PC way. Yeah. as we go forward. And well, I'm kind of glad I'm at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, because it, 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 it's like you say, like there's been times when, when I've been on stage and I'm talking about either a racial bit or a new bit, something that I don't, and then or I, I shoe look size. out and, or my shoe size, uh, and then well, I see a phone and I'm just like, because like yeah. so, someone has it up and then it, it does make me kind of yeah. hesitate for a second. Oh, I always address it. And I yeah. feel like that's like, you know, just because... Uh, but they want that too. They want I, you to confront them. Of course, so it makes it right. like almost like a dramatic moment yeah. on their little uh, recording. And people, don't you feel like too when people? I mean, it happens in any heckler situation when even if they're, especially when they're fucked up, and then if they get kicked out or at the end, they're just like they always compliment themselves when they talk to you, like you're yeah. welcome for being. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. even in the moment, it's like they subconsciously what are that moment, and then so they can have that story to tell later on, like. The comics start talking to me, and I made the show better. So it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> no, I, no, no, you did it. No, and have do you, you guys, found? Do you guys uh, when you play mm-hmm. in town? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you see a difference between the LA crowd and then when you go on the road? Uh, yes. It, What's the difference? Because I'm not here enough to really pick up on it. Right. Uh, and this is just my opinion, but mm-hmm. the, I love doing like the Midwest. I love going to Des Moines Funny Bone and right. the Kansas City Improv and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Because I think people are more appreciative in in L.A. 
they're planning the after party, the after after party. Right. They're, they're wondering Comedy's now, the first stop. Yeah, it's like, well, while I'm here, what's happening to my social media presence? Oh, I and, see. And th- their minds are kind of elsewhere. They're not like... And th- that's not saying it's a coastal thing, because then you look at cities like San Francisco, New York, where I, I feel the audiences are more are more engaged. Yeah, well, this is you know like where show business lives. So I give yep. it up to the idea that like there's going to be a lot of agents and managers who swing in, and um, you know the good agent and manager will be the ones who do go to the clubs. And if you look mm-hmm. at like um, you know since everybody here is always like how do I get a manager? How do I get an agent? Yeah. It's really the ones that come to the clubs or who had, did come to the clubs are the ones who really get the comics who really understand yeah. you know how, how how a comic rocks a room or like how they affect an audience. And those are the ones that like. If you're looking for a manager, you want a manager that knows that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've been really lucky with my people, but I'll just say that the crowds here, you always feel like, am I, you know, uh, you do crowd work with someone, you're like, is this guy going to be the next head of Sony Entertainment? Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now, he that looks like something. he works at a Sonic Burger for yeah. 20 years. <laughs> and he might. And, uh, yeah. 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 I want to go back to real quick uh, where you kind of just developed your, you said like fight or flight when you were in the open mic scene and it was kind of like, you developed a quick wit because of, out of necessity, Yeah. Because um, of kind I, of I don't. I, I just think. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that the, the, you know, the crowds were not really receptive. So you had to keep moving yeah. forward and forward and forward. And I think a lot of guys will back me up on that from uh, New York, especially that like there was a lot of, um, you know, the showcase thing is a great thing, but you know, there's showcases like uh, where you know. It sucks all the way through, yeah. and like the host is not really helping out, or the crowd just stinks, and he's kind of like the captain of a sinking ship, and you're like <laughs> one of the you know the mates on yeah. the boat. And then there's the ones where it's like you know up and down, like we can tell the crowd is like they really like that guy, but you see what that guy's doing; he's doing his best twenty minutes from the road, and like mm-hmm. you're trying out new material, and now you got to fall. So there was a lot of variables that were good that kept you thinking, kept you on your toes. It wasn't like you could just go up there with like. Um, you know, not to say it like like a magician. You know, here's my three tricks. Right, I'm going right. to hypnotize somebody. I mean, like you always had to kind of move and bounce. Were you were you that way in like elementary school and like high school? Like, did you always kind of like verbal assassin? Um, no, I I actually like to think of a uh, you know comedy was definitely a plan B for me. I like as a kid, I never thought I was going to do it, and uh, I still don't think that like um you know I'm the best fit for it because now the way I see all entertainment is like you really got to want to be something famous. Yeah. You gotta just being good at something is not really um, success in this business. And, no, um, I would say that like uh, I come from a family of Jewish retail people, so would, they would probably be more exciting. <laughs> they would probably my parents, you know, are well, my my dad passed away, but my mom is very you know cool with what I do. And my dad was cool with it, but like they would have been just as cool with me if I like was the manager of like a Model Sporting Goods or <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. Well, like I mean, a, Model a, Sporting Goods is pretty. Yeah, strong. I know <laughs> it, it is a bit of a store. <laughs> A star, can we curse on this? Yeah, yeah have a star fuck over there. Sure. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I'll tell you, like, uh, you guys like have a lot of. Have, I really feel for this uh, next wave of comics, man. I really do. Yeah, that and it's like because before it was just when you were doing comedy, all you could do was stand up. It's like, hey, just do stand up. That's that's what you do. Now it's like, okay, well, you could do stand up, but you also have to have a presence on vine and youtube and you got to be funny on twitter and you Mm got to be funny with instagram and snapchat and like all these things and you gotta be and then but is that a good audience i I just want to know is that the audience that really is going to come to your show i i don't know (laughs) i don't think so because they're so used (laughs) to getting your content because of your instagram like videos so then they see a full hour and they're my my core audience is now guys who watch me on insomniac and now have Mm -hmm. grown up 
and then their wives who really have no idea what's going on, and then the occasional cool swinger couple that show up who uh, are also, like me, a broken toy. Who, uh, life, is, like, life has not been that great, and uh, they, they see the humor in it. Like, yeah. if you do, like, a joke now, like, especially, like, a sex joke, mm-hmm. and, like, you hear, like, one guy laughing, you know? It's, yeah. like, it's usually some old guy, like, you know. Right, who's lived so, it, yeah, who's experienced three, it. He's on his third marriage, you know? Right. He knows what's going on. The young kids are, like, looking at each other, especially the guys looking at their girl to see if they're allowed to laugh. Right. What, what, what's the age range of fan you've had come up to you? Like, have you had, like, somebody in their 80s and then a kid who's, like, 19 come up and been like... I've- well, anybody below 25, I assume, wants to be a comic. So yeah. anybody mm-hmm. above 25, I assume, wants to, you know, uh, be a director. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't think any... Uh, I, I think, uh, like I said, my, my crowd is getting a little older, but they're still hanging in. And then there's, like, uh, you know, there are some really hardcore comedy fans, and that's the one thing with these podcasts that is so cool is that, like, you know, after the show, like, you've been with me, we take pictures, we yeah. talk to the fans. Like, not every comic does that, and they shouldn't have to do that. No. But the cool thing is that they should connect... Some Somehow to these core people, you have to do some people that don't just like you. They like a whole bunch of comics. Like I always ask them, I go, "Do you know Doug Stanhope, who is my favorite comic?" And they go, "Oh yeah, I love Doug." And then I'm like, "Oh, they're a comedy fan. They know I can hang with you. I can talk with you." Like they, and even if they, like mention like comic, like I couldn't care if they mentioned like a Christian comedy or you know whatever, anything like a cruise ship. uh, It's just (laughs) as long as they know other comics. I'm like, that's great. Yeah, it's like cool that they're not just like. Oh, I'm a one comic guy. That's, yeah, that's that's sucks. Is it uh? Because like for instance, um, when people go out to see like Doug Benson, like everyone wants to smoke a joint with Doug Benson. Yes. Have you noticed that with your crowd, like everyone wants their like years Dave, ago they want to drink tell with me. story, drink drink with me. But yeah. the picture now is like people are more excited about a picture than they are with the actual performance, which kind of sucks. But I yeah. get it. I get it that like no one's going to ever believe them that they came to a show. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever going to believe them that they went to the Irvine Improv. Right, they, right, you know? right. They need they, they need that <laughs> photographic yeah, proof. Like, these no, people with I their met, horrible I, friends I, don't yeah. believe them. I got a David Tell pube. You weren't there. Look at my phone. <laughs> the um, the Doug Benson thing, though, like, talk about, like, a fanatical following. I mean, that's yeah. great. He's like Nostradamus, man. He was way ahead of, ahead of his time, yeah. man. It's yeah. like every day there's more, you know, people... I was in Portland and it's like legalized pot and like I tried to do jokes on it, but in my heart I'm not really a pot guy, so, so you, you know, it. like yeah. in a way, like I look at it like a you know like a dad, like mm, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting what those kids are doing nowadays. Yeah, yeah, I like how they try and like you know adult up pot a little bit, you know, like a dispensary and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, and like make it classy. Here's a gift bag of some edibles and all that stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> is that, is that how, just is, get out your guitar? Let me hear what you have to say. Is that how you approach something like that? If you you have to have somewhat of a interest and emotional connection to it to even not like, at all. I think everything. I'm sorry to shut you down. No, right? please. But I think that's the whole thing now, where everything has to have like some passionate inner, yeah. um, you know, whatever. I, I I'm not. I think that like you know, you should be able to like you know. I wanted to do a joke about owls, so like I'm thinking about jokes about owls. You know, I want to do a joke about you know uh, whatever hummus, so I'll think about a joke about that. And uh, I mean, you know, I you think, just hit two of the hackiest <laughs> topics ever. Hummus no, no, and owls. no, no, no. It's like. <laughs> I, I like how Seinfeld and like the classic joke writers they like right. talk about you know pretty much you know everyday things yeah and the great clean joke writers like guys who are just awesome like a Brian Regan or mm-hmm. Nick Griffin who uh, did a million uh, great Letterman spots yeah. and it's yeah. really hard to do a spot to begin with on television but to like consistently hit like that is really like I'm impressed with that so like the dirty like everybody loves a dirty joke but it's really hard to write a really strong clean joke mm-hmm. and that is really what like you know. When I hear one of them, I'm like, oh, man, that is, I wish I thought that up. That's but I think hard. on the flip side, it's also tough to write a really good, like, smart, dirty joke, don't you think? That's uh, not that's not just going up there and saying 
uh, filthy words. Yeah, like the, the way you kind of have uh, with your misdirection and some like I don't see so many of your punchlines coming, and that and it really you know is. Oh, I don't know. I mean, thanks. That's I take that as a compliment, especially yeah. for guys who like you know we we've all seen like just guy shock humor and all that kind of stuff. But I mm-hmm. always feel like. Um, you know, if I always feel like there's substance. Be the best dirty totally. Joke. I always yeah, feel like there's substance when you joke, so I never feel like you're saying something. You know, you bring up like Amy, like, uh, you know, when we talk with Amy. Yeah. Like, Amy is also like a great joke writer. Right. So, like, we would, you know, it, it, it was really good to have like two perspectives on one show. And like, mm-hmm. she's, she's a better comic than me now, like, hands down. But I'm just saying, like, the, 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 you know, women now are like, you know, incredibly cool with the sex stuff and like you know thank thank goodness they're allowed to talk about it yeah. you know we don't live mm-hmm. in the 50s and they're allowed right. to and like there's some my awesome husband, stuff coming my, 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 out yeah, there's yeah, some exactly. awesome great material coming out on their side and that's cool too and like for the guy now it, it, it's 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 a little bit uh, it's a little bit more difficult to do the do, do the uh, you know pussy and dick material but right. still like the best joke always wins and um, you know I just think that uh, let's just hope that like the crowd won't like just turn off completely on that where it turns into like a TED convention. You know, we're just standing up there, you know, <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about dreams and hopes. And, you know, oh, dreams God. and hopes. No. Never. I mean, and, and this is coming from the guy who still it, it still owns the record for the longest uh, dick joke in history from... Uh, is it me? Well, uh, Cat, uh, you're, the end uh, of your uh, HBO special. Captain Miserable is the longest yeah. shit joke. Oh, longest but shit joke But I don't think it is ever. the longest shit joke. I'm sure someone is, uh, of course, top me. But <laughs> I, I, thought that, I thought everybody would be like, how, how fun. They were like, okay. Like, like nobody, that's another thing in like television and whatever. Like the sense of humor really kind of sometimes stops with you. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool when you meet other people like producers and whatever directors. Like my editor is awesome. He is great. He helped me edit my last thing, Roadwork. That guy is Which great is available on Jeremy. Netflix now, yeah. by the way. So yeah. good, by the way. So, such an awesome special. And when you find people like that, like Scott uh, Gallick, who was my uh, who's your director. cameraman? Yeah, right. And he's done the comedy. He's done like a lot of comedy stuff for me. He also has a great eye for comedy. Yeah. So when you find people like that, you really want to work with them, and you go like, "Hey, this guy really knows it," and they yeah. see it. And yeah. with your special road work, you had a cameraman. You, you had two camera angles that I've never seen before. Where one, you had a guy literally on stage with you, Scott. Right. Right. Yeah, and that that and that was hard. By the way, that was really hard. Sure, because you had to do shots, and he couldn't be in like every he shot. Would, yeah, but he also was right there. So for the audience to even focus on me right it's a constant distraction almost yeah, yeah it's almost like having your mom holding a plate of you know <laughs> rice crispy treats and like you know you're walking around just talking in your underwear you know so uh, i i i think you just came up with a million dollar idea right there <laughs> I'm, sure that, I'm sure that already how did you pick all those locations for the uh, road work we just wanted regular clubs that yeah. had different looks and we mm-hmm. we looked at a bunch and um you know the whole idea was to like hit different regions in the country and uh you know we we, we shot Maybe two extra ones that, um, like, I think we didn't have our game together yet, but yeah. it was no slam on the club. And yeah. to be honest, like, um, I knew it would look different. I wanted it to look different from the regular theater hours. And, um, you know, that's just because, like, I never was really a theater comic. Like, I've done some theater tours. Like, the one tour that I think, you know, um, the real hardcore fan always brings up is the one with me, Lewis Black, and Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. And that was, yeah. like, a great theater tour. And I think that was, like, one of my first theater tours. And mm-hmm. it was, like, a, a really cool experience. I mean, it was very dramatic, you know, with all those different kind of characters on the show. Yeah. How long were you guys yeah. on the road doing that? We, I think we did about 12, 12 to 15 Fun. cities. And... Um, you know, Lewis, who is like master and Mitch, you know, uh, it's really a shame that he didn't, you know, I was actually talking to, uh, you know, uh, a mutual friend and I was like, you know, not only is Mitch kind of like the template of what 
you know, comedy is today, which is like more esoteric yeah. and like not so punchline driven, but yet great punchlines, yeah. you know, right. like he, he would be rocking out. Like he would be like an arena act he would and be. he really right was he like a theater act, yeah. which when you think about it, like even though he started out in the same barroom clubs, the rest of us did like in the theater, he really could hold it just like his presence, you know, and mm-hmm. his crowd was also fanatical. And I think they are to this day. That's really cool. People so. took to him immediately, didn't they? Um, yeah, I think that like he definitely was so different and he connected with a group that I think regular comedy didn't even know about yet because yeah. nobody really knew about these people. Like, you know, it's like a jam band. You look out, <laughs> yeah. they're all wearing, you know, the like, you know, ostrich hats and, uh, you know, there's like, you know, people weaving. I mean, like he had like this cool crowd that nobody really uh, knew was out there, you know? Uh, I love how you've always had an eye for comics who have been coming up, whether it be the the Insomniac tour when you had a, a young Dane Cook, a young Greg Giraldo. Oh, well, and, that was uh, Dane's show as much as it was mine. You think so? Yeah, no, because I think Dane and I, we both had a deal, and they were like, hey, let's uh, let's uh, let's save some money and have them both on the thing. <laughs> Combine and it. Dane was at the height of his – man, he really rocked that show. He really mm-hmm. did. I'll With say the, to this that day. That was an unbelievable special. He really – House he really, of Blues Like, they were in the way, if you will. It's like wow. he really just blew it out. He, he yeah. killed – and uh, was that t- he was the only one that w- like didn't drink at that time? Yeah, did you still drink at that time? I'm not sure, but he definitely um, he definitely was like you know we. I looked out at the crowd. I'm like, look at all these hot chicks here. <laughs> oh, that's Dane. You know, that's, oh, that's like that's you know, my crowd never looked like that. <laughs> and I'm like, that's amazing. And then uh, Greg Duralda was on that too. And Greg yeah. also was another guy who like um, you and Greg are. I mean, two of my. Friends. I really yeah. I think Greg is like definitely one of the most underrated. Like especially. Everybody knows him from the roast, but underrated yeah. like oh, political yes. joke, comic, just really great take on different yeah. things. He's the one who made, who made me start to um, uh, at least open my mind to the way he would like look at just regular news stories and find like the one about you know the woman uh, or the guy jumping off the cruise ship, uh, you know, and he's like, and that story sounds crazy to anyone who uh, who's never uh, been married, you know, <laughs> and then about how like the fight on the Lido deck and like you know we got ice sculpting whatever, but like he would just take these. Um, nor, or the guy, the guy who got struck by lightning uh, twice, and then got married and killed himself. And he's like, God himself couldn't do it. Oh, yeah, we had to bring yeah, in the yeah, experts. Yeah. But he like took these real stories, aside from all the political and topical stuff. And it was um, yeah, the- he really you're right. Like he really could take like what's happening right now and and like uh, find the edge and the funny to it. And I think that was really like what. It's so sad because like he was a great comic, but he really would have been like a household name outside of the roast. I think you know, so. Yeah, if absolutely. He had, if he had, where you know, did you meet him in New York? Yeah, New York. Like um, Greg is more on the on the same started the same time as Jim Gaffigan, who was like another guy who's like uh, you know some of Jim's stuff is just dead on point, like so funny and like um, you know everybody. Uh, Everybody doesn't give like the clean comics credit enough for like some of these slamming jokes, and it, they really are. It, going to a, going to a Gaffigan show, if if, if, there's, if there's any sort of stat that comics could have, it would be like laughs per minute or something. Right, and Jim's would be the highest. It, yeah, it, I agree. It, it, it's nuts. It's He's just got a ton every of, line. And he, does, you know, I don't, I can't bang out material like these guys. Like it takes me like years to like come up with like another hour of stuff. And I'm always second guessing it and like hating it. And by the time you're ready to do the joke, then like something in the news happened, so you can't do it. Right. And that was like the um, like uh, on. Uh, I remember originally like uh, back with the captain. Uh, no, with the uh, scans for the memories. Like I had the joke about um, you know uh, can't they tell their terrorists when they're calling up for their um, for their uh, 
get their ticket. You know, what's your name? Right. Joe, J, as in Jihad. O. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I've seen that in cartoons now and all that stuff. But I remember, like, there was, like, definitely some kind of hijacking or something that happened. It was like, we better get, they, they get that off the CD. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, uh, you're like, yeah, I, like j- what, just because that, one family is going to write a letter? Well, no, I actually, now them. with the outrage, you know, uh, Fa- web outrage. So, Well, it, it, it's because b- b- before, before Twitter and before Facebook, if you got mad about something, if something really affected you had to go really out of your way to show your outrage. You had to go to the studio, protest outside. You had to write letters longhand. Now you got 145 characters on Twitter just to say, I was offended, sent. And it, right. it, it's so quick that you don't have to think about it. You don't have to contemplate it. You don't have to think, is this worth my time? Because you can just get it out like without even having to take a, se- a second guess. And that – and. That really annoys me when people get that the fake outrage. It's right. like you weren't you. This isn't keeping you up at night. Well, this you know what's cool about like clubs like the Comedy Cellar and the Comedy Store mm-hmm. and the Improv and stuff. Like, they never really like give give you a note on content. And yeah. like, have you ever like they go like, don't do that. Like there are some rogue clubs we all know that like we want to clean, right? Or we want to you know like whatever. Clean, don't do so clean. much racial material here, right? Don't Just, do that kind of a joke. Right. Or, like, when you do a college, they say don't talk about this and that. And like. Uh, you know, it, that really, that just as a comic makes you want to do that joke. Absolutely. And it always makes you want to like go there. But it also uh, really shows that the club themselves like want to control something that's almost like, you know, like it's uncontrollable. Like, yeah. You know, you, you, you're supposed to let the comics kind of grow and like, you know, right, find yeah. and fail and get up and fail again. Yeah. You know? That's the thing about when uh, when someone makes a joke about whatever taboo topic, whether it be mm. like rape or abortion or uh whatever it's like people are like whoa that's ne- that's never funny it's like yes it, it can be it's hard right to make a joke about that topic funny but you have to be allowed to try right and, and sure if it fails oh well try again but i agree yeah. i agree that that like the comics should be allowed to fail and that's really what it yeah. is it's like you're allowed to fail it's like succeeding is on you but the but the club will always go like you know you do what you do yeah we told the people it's an adult show there you and go. that, you know, it's going to be, you know, like, I guess you could say triple R rated or X rated <laughs> content. Right. And if you and if you are offended, then it really is on you because yeah. you've been warned now. Yeah. Like, you, you some people make up rated. their minds before they come in, too. They just kind of like. Well, I think people have a bad idea of what they think they are. They go like, yeah. you know, I'm cool. You know, <laughs> I've, I've, you know, listened to some kind of, you know, like practical joke. Yeah. I, I've, I've watched some I... skateboard video. <laughs> You know, joke. I'm, I'm I've cool seen guy. I've seen Benny Hill. I know yeah. what's I know. And what's then they hip. go in and they hear all this filth and they're like, "What is that?" I'm so outraged. Yeah. I can recite like, Charles in Charge episodes. Yeah. I know what comedy is. No, you can definitely see it in their eyes. They're like, you know, whoa! I didn't blow. It's like, well, you know, honestly, you should have. There was done uh, something else, right? Yeah. There, uh, I did a gig uh, last week and it was I. I asked the audience, like, I, I did that thing where I was like, uh, "This is the early show. I, I won't go so dirty." And and, and of course. The audience just yells out, go dirty, go dirty. Yeah, they do. And, and then, then I was like, it. all right, cool. And then I did the dirty joke. And then the, the, the same, this woman who literally yelled out, go dirty, go dirty, p- pumping her fist, w- w- then yelled back, too far. I, I like, love yeah, that. You they can't. have that on tape. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Comedy Central, um, did they come down on uh, Insomniac? Did, or did they kind of go, yo, this is kind of breaking ground, so do whatever you're going to do? No, I, I think that that show was uh, filled the need for them, which was like a travel show, and it was really cheap. Mm-hmm. And that uh, it was refillable, like, you know, the fact that, like, we 
could bring it to different towns. And, you know, by the way, like, you know, people just go like, what do you think of these other shows? I go, wow, I wish we had their travel agent because it took us like an arm and a leg to get <laughs> I was say. money to go to New Orleans or Brazil, yeah. which now like my niece is going to South Africa on like a, you know, eco uh, safari uh, global warming <laughs> expedition. Jesus. And it's like, you know, it, you're, you're people like, travel. Insomniac in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, that, right. well, it was always a small town to get yeah. it off of the, you know, the E channel of beaches and paradise and like, you know, resorts and you right. know, uh, like great islands you know drinking and the, <laughs> yeah the so it's like the ugly man's e yeah. that's what i used to call it <laughs> and now and now there's a lot of shows where they, they travel like that but we really uh you know to give it up to the producers they really did like they really did like make the most of what we had and i'm not the mm-hmm. best host but i i did have like an idea of what we should do no, but your, do. Per, your your um personableness if that's the word uh with everybody and i'm curious like were you uh were you like that before? Did the show make you more? Yeah, no. I, yeah. I, I, Did you say about connecting with your fans? How you know? You do I like- don't find show business particularly interesting, yeah. or the people in it. Yeah. But like regular people, especially the third shift guy jobs, you know, like those those guys really. I was really interested in that, and uh, you know, I'm bar guy, so like you know, I, I know how to talk bar talk. But the other stuff was like I really was supposed to be like the uh, you know the traveler guy. Yeah. And uh, you know, to be honest, I, I would say that like uh, it, it, it's harder it's harder than it looks, but it is also like. It's kind of cool if you're uh, like a like it really keeps you on your feet, moving mm-hmm. fast, thinking, and like you know going like ah oh, I wish I made fun of that guy's shirt, but there'll be another guy with a shirt. So <laughs> yeah. I'll say it next time. Oh, it doesn't sure. work this. Way. So it was really good for like my comedy kind of crowd work skills like mm-hmm. that I had developed in clubs. It really yeah. kind of like helped me like bring it on the street, you know. Yeah, having so, to be just so present in the moment with every right. sort of interaction was and it- like the looking to the camera, talking to the camera. That was definitely something that we that we we decided because it was like otherwise I'm talking to myself and I said can. I talked to the camera and make the cameraman part of it. And I think everyone agreed and then the network agreed. So then then it was like that became like the idea of of how it went. And I like how you kind of translated that when you did the Roadwork special because then the camera on stage you could talk to the camera. That was kind of like right. You you would like kind of make asides to it, like oh, they didn't like you know. Or, or, you, I love the, I, I I love Scott being there because yeah. I, I I hate these specials where they have like a guy. You know, and by the way, there's some really great theater specials, and I'm going to say it right now. Jay Orkerson's theater special, he just shot it mm-hmm. for uh, Comedy Central. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It looks the great. The set looked it. incredible. Yeah, it, you saw it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like metal, it's his fans, and like uh, that should be a really good one because uh, Comedy Central, you know, like the after 12 special, like they really have to like, you know, make sure that you can still do a dirty, yeah. hard yeah. late night special there. And it's not all just like retreads or like, you know, right. like, you know, here comes another, you know, um, Jeff Dunham special, you know, at midnight marathon yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, so it yeah, should yeah. be like, if, 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 if that's when the dirty special should be, then they should let them roll hard. And it would be great if they could play them more, but I understand yeah. why they can't. But like, uh, back in the day, you know, you talk about like when Dane was there and all that stuff, it's like, they would keep playing specials continuously and it really helped us on the road. Sure. Now these, these kids are like you know when uh you get like four spots and that's you know that's it unless mm-hmm. it's like a mega hit but uh the in terms of doing dirty late uh late night specials that's that's one of the things i loved about uh the the show and especially being on it was the uh comedy underground show is that when you were hosting that is that really allowed comics to be themselves yeah uh, in a late night setting and uh they were cool to want to do that but there was a lot of technical problems it became a, like a lot of a lot of work but the the idea of it was sound and also the yeah. fact that like um you know like it was it was it was for me it was like it it should it was really cool to get to bring up guys who had never been on TV guys yeah you had, like you TV. broke like 
Pete Davidson. Like he was that well. 16, come on, Pete 17. was going to make it anyhow. <laughs> he was, but like, but, uh, but like a lot of people, like Nikki was on there. But I think yeah. she had done stuff before that. But she has a own show. And like, it, it, there's so many good. And if it kept going, then we could have brought more in. But but mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I was like, I don't want really like the storyteller comics because I feel like that's more of a West Coast meltdown thing right. where they were doing that really well. Yep. So I was like, I want the, the hard, you know, like especially that Edge comic. Right, you know, the one who does like the punchline, you know, like set a punchline, punchline, that kind of thing, because that's like uh, really works well, like in a New York club. So I wanted to get that group in, and those, 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 uh, you know, like we we could have done like ten seasons of that. So, Easy, and you know, one thing I loved about it, and is... I didn't even have to be the host. I even told them that. I go like, yeah. it's just a great. You should keep doing it. And, yeah, like just I totally understand. Like down the road, they probably will do like another version of that too. When yeah. you're picking the comics for that show, is it just? I mean, all these people that you knew, obviously, right? Yeah. Uh, well, the ones that I had seen, but yeah. uh, we, the network, also weighed in on it, and they also like you know, uh, Comedy Central. They know comics. They do. They, you, they go out. They watch. Yeah. They get the tape. They they do their homework. So. When you're watching stand up, just in general at the clubs, I don't know how much you stick around after before your sets, but like when you see a comic and and like what has to happen in order for you to go, oh, cool, that's somebody that you I think might have something to them. At some well, point. I have to have a. Show. Otherwise, it's, <laughs> that's someone I could share an Uber yeah. cab with. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, uh, no. I, I, I just like I said. It's you know, like performance is cool, and I know why performance rocks. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're a good performer, you, you, you know, like the audience is is right there with you. Yeah. But for me, it's like I know how hard it is to write a joke. So for I, I just like love jokes. So yeah, and if I hear a guy or a lady say a great joke, I, I'm like, you know, hey, have you heard? Can- have you heard people in your uh, just regular life who aren't comics say really? Funny shit. That yes. Like, yeah. yeah, I have heard that. And they, and they usually end up uh, coming comics. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no, but they, you're right. Like, there are people like, what do you do in those situations? I don't know. I mean, like, I ha- I used to work at a grocery store in high school. And the uh, guy who was my boss was just this, like, 70-year-old pervert man who used to always call out, like, tits to me and, like, get mad at me when I wouldn't, like... Like when he'd be like, "Look at the delicious fun bags on that!" Like, and he'd use like old jargon like that, and the women would be like very close, but he like thought he was old and he could get away with it, and he was like this like beloved uh, manager of the grocery store, <laughs> and I was just delicious fun bags. Yeah, and I was like, he was saying. and I was seventeen years old, and so I wouldn't. I was like, I don't want to go along with your pervy uh, thoughts, yeah. and then he would get mad at me, but then he would um, every now and then have like unintentionally like say funny things, and I was always like, I wonder if he. You know, at that point, I didn't know, but I, I thought, like, well, maybe he could be a comedy writer because he would say yeah. this shit and not just the way he would deliver certain lines. But I, think- I, I totally get it because uh, I used to have straight jobs, you know, like work. Mm-hmm. For What'd you a- do? I worked at the door at the improv in um, in uh, New York City, like the original improv there. And no uh, kidding. I also, you know, like worked at the Discovery Channel and their research. I, I, I was a temp, I, you know, waiter. I did all mm-hmm. those jobs that you do before, you know, you, you get the money and, um, I can't uh, see you as the, a the funny thing is, like, <laughs> I'm from Long Island, so, yeah. like, whenever I go back there and do shows, I immediately snap into, like, my Long Island humor of, like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're, like, they're really sarcastic. They're, like, a really, you know, dry and rough. And uh, I, uh, you know, I'm glad that I did regular things because I think now a lot of people start out, like, at 15 and go, I'm a stand-up comic. Yeah. And they, like, never really have done a straight job, you know. You have to, and right? You have to live a little I don't know. I, I, yeah. You really don't know anymore, you know. It's, like, uh, that's cool that they have that kind of focus and, like, mm-hmm. vision, but... It really is like all the all the shitty you know jobs that I've had. That what did I, you pull from the waiter job that you? Uh, I was a horrible waiter, and I was at a, <laughs> I was at one of those like um, one of those like seafood high end oh, you know God. like a Wolf of Wall Street kind like of places. Bubba Gump place. I could, yeah, I could have probably made like key money, but I I was wow. not good. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some girl complains about her lo- uh, lobster bisque, and you come back with all I heard was come. come <laughs> <laughs> Let me put a bib on that, you. <laughs> 
Um, but uh, can I just stop the whole podcast for one second? Yeah, sure. Here we are at the comedy store in one of the other many rooms of yeah. this, uh, you know, fun house of humor. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think this room was used for? It's very narrow. There's several couches in it. Great question. What uh, was this for? Cocaine. Well, yeah, I assume Obviously. the whole club yeah. was, a, you know, a yeah. powder, I mean, there's powder a, fest. There's a couple I of mean, mirrored tables here, so I can only imagine. I want to just assume, still, because I feel like not much has been um, refurbished in this yeah. place. Maybe some carpets, maybe a couple of chairs. That chair was probably... So you really think this was like a performance room? I doubt it. No, no. I mean, I feel like a green room, though. I feel like this still served what it was, but maybe... Although, r- a lot although more fucking. right now, we're, we're, in, we're in a room where it, it looks like the rejects from... Carrot tops joke. Yeah, there's a lot of props in here. <laughs> it's like a C3PO mask and a it weird is like lightsaber. breaking case of Gallagher. We have <laughs> props on. We have props on. But anyway, yeah, yeah it's. I don't know. It, well, how, you were. I mean, you've been here. I I never really played this club until okay. like maybe ten years ago. Okay, ten or you know twelve years ago. So you just heard I stories. I never about started them. in L.A. Yeah. So like I would come out here and I would play. You know, the improv mostly, and then here, you know, they would always throw me on. They were always cool to me. And yeah. I am just loving how, how much this club is rocking. It's killing this one it. And the improv. And, you know, the so like the audiences are coming because, like, the roast battle and all these great comics dropping yeah. by, and that's cool, you know. You guys are stacking good. the lineups now, I man. I think this shit. I know, huh? It's like, welcome to being bumped. I know. <laughs> I'm always getting bumped all the time, but, you know, no. I kind of, like, Who bump bumping you? anybody. No way. What yeah. are you talking about? I can give you a list of, like, 100 acts. No. Or bumping. Like, recently? I can, I can get bumped. Honestly, like at the uh, cellar, I, yeah, uh, t- totally. Uh, but it's never, it's never a bad thing when you. But you're nice it. enough to step aside. That must be it. No, know? no, no, no. I, I get bumped all the time, but like, uh, you know, it's always a good thing because usually, like, if Louis goes on and works on stuff mm-hmm. or Chris Rock, the the crowd has been brought up another level, and then you're kind of like riding their wave. And it's oh, so really you still get good. to go on? Yeah, yeah. Really oh, yeah, good. that's awesome. Have but you like, always, yeah. You, but they, you know, like, uh, I guess that's just part of the scene. You know, that's how it works for everybody. How was coming out to L.A. when you would uh, when you were just a new York guy and you would come out here you said before you really got integrated in the scene I was uglier and fatter and you know (laughs) broke and uh this town does is not you know very kind to the uh like when I was when I first came out here you know being a bald you know ugly you know fat pudgy Jewish kid you know every manager everyone thought you were a producer they were like we gotta get you on a writing thing like you're a writer (laughs) now you come out you look around like if you want to see the star of a show look for the actor look for the ugliest guy in the room he is the star and then like the good looking guys are all the writers that's how it flipped now it's like you know it definitely is like more I guess normal I guess normal life now did did you think when you were writing on I like it the other way around yeah like when you were writing on Saturday Night Live did you think like that you were going to be a writer then at that no, point? No, I knew I wasn't. I knew like week two that it's not going to work out for me. What, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to be a comic. Yeah. I was like just on the verge of becoming like a good road comic and then this happened and it was like this is an amazing thing and like I wasn't really a performer there and I wasn't really mm-hmm. a writer. I was like an in-between person. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, I could tell right away how competitive and how like this was everyone's dream but mine. So like I really tried to be like, you know, I'm going to work on it and do it. But I never really got the the idea of like what I was supposed to do there other than like write sketches for the host that comes yeah. in and you know help propel jokes into 
you know, these like long running, I guess, characters that they've had. They're like, you know, right. you don't know the weed man. Oh, God. <laughs> you got to get him a weed yeah, joke. Because you were there for a year, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one Adam season? Sandler, um, you know, actually, who I went to college with, NYU, oh, he sure. always okay. was cool to me. And I should an office with Jay Moore. And Jay is also like a buddy of mine to this day. So, well, that and that's two comics in the same office. So, no, Adam, Adam was a star already by then. He but always like, was, but star. like, but like you and Jay. Me and Jay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Jay also was like, you know, uh, like Jay was like balls to the wall. He was great, mm-hmm. and honestly, like you know, I, I know he wrote a book about it there, but uh, he he definitely would not. I, I I do think that like for him it was a different experience because I was only there for the year. He was there for several. That like mm-hmm. I could see how like those the, like, like anyway. Jay Jay is is so funny and so um, you know. Like a show like that should like love to have it. No shit, man. Yeah. He's know. so quick and he's so, so good. His characters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But sometimes over there, I guess the politics and just like the oh, clicks, it's a big part of it. You know, yeah. kind of like serp. But that was you know twenty years ago. Did so. you try it when you uh, became buds with Adam? Did you and you were on the show? Did, I was, did you try to I write? knew him in college. So. Yeah. What did, you I guys, did you guys room together in college or no? No, no. Do you Don't make more of it than what it is. I'm in college. How long were you guys dating for? No, uh, I, I, I actually one of the first road games I did was uh, with him in Queens, and like I tanked a horrible death, and he did great, and we were on a dance floor in a ballroom. So there you go. So there's your story. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I you know to be honest, he had already been there, and like. You know, Pete, like, I see Pete Davidson and these guys, and they're all mm-hmm. cool guys. And, like, I'm like, you know, the cool thing about them is that they go out and do comedy yeah. as well. It's yeah. like, I was always like, they would look at me like when I would sneak out to go do stand up, like, downtown. They'd be like, where are you going? Because I remember one of the writers, and this is, I've said this before, he goes, why, why, where are you going to go? I'm going to go out and do a set. And he goes, you're on SNL. You don't have to do that anymore. Wow. I'm like, like, but I'm I like, like, to I'm do like that. this is what I really do. And yeah. then the elevator shut on my career. He was telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Had you written sketches before that? No, I had no Just idea. Got thrust into it. Yeah, and, 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 and that was really not fair for the show there. But I know for right. everybody, it's their dream of being over there. It just wasn't my dream. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be Bill Hicks. I wanted to be like on the road, like you know, throwing it down, doing that kind of thing. And uh, you know, this came along, and so you're like, hey, you got to go for it. And they liked sure. me, so you figure it's going to be easy, and it wasn't. And uh, <laughs> you know. To be honest, it's like once you like start writing for yourself, it's really hard to write for anybody else. I was going to say, you know? yeah. Well, yeah, because you figured out your voice. Yeah, and like what I was works almost like a year away from like knowing what I you could do on stage, and I was like almost right, right. there. You know, it was well, all... but then you, you you go from that experience to a show like Dave's Old Porn, where it's like that. that... Well, actually, I'm going to stop you because oh. right after that, after I was not picked up, or I guess you could say uh, not asked back to the show, <laughs> I was Lord. like, boo who who you know, I'm yeah. sure. but John Stewart, who was who I also started yeah. in the clubs with he had a show and then i went on to his show he and we had a show. great time yeah and like it was the total American? opposite where like anything you know we tried it didn't work out this was like one of his earlier variety shows yeah. but it was great we tried all these different things and he was such a good host he really is a great host yeah and then you know years later when he did the daily show he let me do some stuff on that so you know honestly like there, there's so many cool people in mm-hmm. comedy and like if you're a stand-up and you start with stand-ups that like even if you make it to the top, you always want to be around stand-ups for some reason because it's just like it's just more fun. You know? it, it, it's it, it's a common bond, and it's like the only people that can truly understand what what it what, what it's like to get on a plane to go play and, right yeah and date in Ohio. <laughs> so, why do you think shows like The Daily Show uh, run as well as they do? And like because of John Stewart, that's yeah. why the network believed in John, and John took uh, took that show and really brought it to like the ultimate level of where it became almost like. Beyond beyond satirical news to like a social relevance, and you guys are younger than me. You grew up with it. Mm-hmm. You understand it. It probably taught you all like 
you know, like the funny of news and like what news does and doesn't do. Oh, yeah. So I think that like he really like let the people and he also has an amazing eye for people like look at uh, Carell and all those people that were there. They're great. Yeah. I mean, like they were not comics. They were improv people or they were actors. And, yeah, you know, he, he just and... like saw that and he and he and he, uh, you know, he let them roll with it, too. And, uh, you know, he really is like, you know, what? like if they uh, if they. If you look at all the hosts that have ever been, he definitely is like a unique character, and like well, because he was so knowledgeable too about political issues. He, yeah, he, no, he, he really is super intelligent. He, he, he knew like the deep stuff. So uh, some senator could come on the show that thought he would be lob softball questions, and John would know like how he voted on certain things yeah. and what it meant and what lobbyists were in his back pocket. Like he would know things like that that you're at that your average like uh, no slack against Jay Leno, but. Jay, Jay would never be like, oh, uh, the uh, unions there are really paying you a bunch of money, and like, well, it's they different, wouldn't do that. It's a different thing. It's a horrible like, Jay Leno, by the way. Sorry. Well, <laughs> you know, this is like some kind of like, you know, open the window, it's stuffing in here with all this comedy talk, but, you know, I'll just say it like, uh, it's cool when you, when, when the, the host, uh, when the host like, like can see, can, will let you roll with what you do. Like mm-hmm. Louis Black, like the fact that they brought him in continuously to do that, to, you know, to do his character because he's really just doing himself. Yeah. And like, you know, how hilarious that was. Like that wouldn't fit on any other show, but it rocks there. And like, right. that's cool. And Comedy Central was really, really, once, once they kind of, I think, embraced, you know, this thing, they let it rock too. So, I mean, like, you know, that's, you can't ask for more with that. Do you, you know? keep up with the political... Uh... Yeah, but I don't. You don't I, care. I never was a political comic, yeah. and I always like uh, you know. I always think that if you're a political comic, that when you do go to vote, we should all get to see that, you know, because <laughs> it's not going to do all these political jokes and then you never vote. Yeah, if right. you're telling everybody what, happened, what, yeah. they, what they think. Yeah, or like, or like you found out that Bill Maher actually did vote for George Bush. You'd yeah, be like, what? no, but yeah. I, I don't care who you vote for, it's just as yeah. long as you vote. That's why this election season, there's going to be hopefully there'll be lines around the yeah. block like for Star Wars 2 or something like <laughs> just continuous lines of good Americans right. exercising their right to vote and that should blow away this whole system of like you know I'm older than you guys like voting is like you go to like a smelly library and yeah. you put a ballot in a thing and then right. a goat kicks you in the ass out the door it's like <laughs> it's like barnyard ancient turn of the century you got stuff. a goat? <laughs> like there should be you know let's get the boop boop computers going in on this stuff and like make yeah. it easier but honestly uh, I think this is going to be like this is it's, it's like an exciting time I what, guess. what would you uh, do if trump won well first of all i don't i don't really follow it like that yeah but um uh i don't politically um you know care right yeah. now i'm mm-hmm. for hillary i guess you could say and uh, i know the younger kids are for bernie mm-hmm. and uh you know i i don't really know like uh it does that bother you yeah, I mean, I don't know. People have just been asking me that. I know. I, I didn't know that you would hit me with I, a political thing. <laughs> yeah. I said I'm not a political guy. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on the, on, on the terrorists? I'm always curious how much those comedians who don't talk politics, because I, I feel like we're all like enough aware, you know, and that's kind of yeah, what I know, I'm but it's kind of like everybody's talking about it now, so it's like, why do I have to throw my chat in there? There's yeah. a lot of great talkers, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, well, one of my few doers. Yeah, <laughs> one of my buddies was like, uh, he's like, I straight up am moving. I am fucking moving if he wins. Yeah. I'm like. I he's gonna move out of his mom's not. basement. That's what he's gonna do. <laughs> he's gonna have to get a job. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say it like uh, you know, it's gonna be very interesting. The vote, it really is. Yeah. Have you ever had any troubles voting? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I bet you you're everybody's story at the voting. <laughs> I'm gonna say it right now. You'll never believe who is he voting who for? Was Santa. <laughs> 
David Sell, you might be the only guy that has more midget jokes than me. I love, first of all, when you and I are on the stage, oh, yeah. I love it. I love Haven't it. Haven't you guys like that? Well, that's something that, like, you don't yeah. see much out here, but back east we do it a lot. Like, me and Jeff Ross and all that kind of stuff. We bring up another guy and, like, yeah. you know, we roll it together. Yeah, you uh, you would bring, me, we, we, we've done it at the store here. We've done it at the Comedy Cellar where you would be nice enough to do your time but then bring me on stage at the end and we just oh, I love that part it's, That's the it's best. so much fun because it's so unpredictable we don't know where we're gonna go it's it's like reverse improv it's like everyone's <laughs> disagreeing at the same time and the crowd doesn't know what to do I also like uh, you know Jeff is also like a master of timing and like the roast sure. master and everything so when Jeff and I'm with when I'm with Jeff and we bring up like you know he roasts someone from the crowd and mm-hmm. like sometimes how brutally funny that is and yeah. like you know I, like I take the side I'm like the you know I'm I'm like for the roasty and Jeff is like slamming it down. It's a lot of fun. What that's you- the fun of comedy. Like I know like, yeah. you know, just the whole like um, unpredictable yeah. shit. You know, I well, think the crowd digs it too. Well, because well, at that point we haven't practiced anything. Yeah, no, we not we're, at all. We're, we're not a loyal they can and hearty. Too. Yeah. yeah, like we're, we're, we're not going on stage doing a who, uh, who's on first thing. And I think the audience can appreciate that too, knowing that they're seeing something that no one else is seeing. Right. Like, th- this is an individual moment for them in that moment. Well, what sucks is like after you do it a while, it becomes like you say this, I say that. Yeah. And that's when I, I get like a little bored with it. I like it when it's more like rough and like, you know, just like no one knows who's going to talk next, that kind of stuff. What were your experiences with dwarves before you met Brad? <laughs> no, actually, I've had some um, great experiences yeah. with, uh, I call them the littles. And, you know, I think you great should be represented name. more at the Oscars. I, no one talked about that. Right? <laughs> no. Come on, man. You like, everyone's talking up about, and, like, yeah. Ran up on you should have actually. Why Oscar's we... so white. I can start the hashtag. So tall. Yeah, Oscar's so tall. <laughs> Fuck that. There you go. Yeah, now, another on. great T-shirt. We're getting great ideas out of this. <laughs> if you had bum roast the Oscars wearing an About Last Night podcast T-shirt, that oh, would have been the greatest. That would ever. be really good. <laughs> what are they going to do? Kick you off? That's illegal. <laughs> well, yeah. I, what are they going to shoo you off with a broom? They can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I I can say that that's my handicap seat, or like my make a wish was to storm the Oscars. You couldn't have been more awkward than Stacey Dash was. <laughs> no, I didn't see it. I, I really didn't see it, but I I, I like that they pushed it. You yeah, know? I like that. Yeah. Would you ever host? You've hosted. That? I, I, you guys have a wrong perception of where I am in show business. <laughs> I'm really at the bottom run of it. I'm really like so. like if there was a battle of the network stars, like I would have to like pull out of strings to get on that. You you know, like some kind of weird, you know, like, like you remember J.J. Walker. You remember this guy. You remember no, that guy. I disagree. Uh, well, I, no, I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of not there anymore. I'm, well, I mean, I'm you retired. have hosted the Porn Awards twice. I've done that. And I would say one thing that like uh, the porn show I did, Dave's All Porn, that's mm-hmm. like a retrospective on me. But uh, that was one of the best things that I've done because it really say- was like a great it was a great like uh, look to it. It was like something that, uh, you know, like the retro old tapes and then getting the stars in for the tribute. I thought it was like one of the first times I really yeah. connected everything together. <laughs> and I was really happy that I wasn't on the street at like, you know, four in the morning and it's raining on me and I'm trying to find right. fun people to talk to. I yeah. thought, it, I thought it, was, it was great to be inside and do a show like where I get to control the funny a little bit more. I you definitely seemed that. in your element in that. Yeah, show. and the yeah, fact no, it was that, fun. The it was fact that you fun. would be watching... Was it ever awkward to watch a video of a, a of a twenty two year old Christy Canyon uh, while while the no, current awesome actually while she the was... while while the current Christy Canyon is standing like right behind you is that. Yeah. Is, no, that, is, is that is that weird? Like, oh, how that's that one of the best feel? episodes, Christy Canyon, Mark Maron, where they both do yeah. like had 
you know, like, met in the 80s here at the Improv. Like, he mm-hmm. was a doorman, and, like, you know, she used to come here, and that was really cool where I felt like, oh, that's great uh, casting by me. That I, <laughs> you know, like, blah, 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 blah. And then she was really as well spoken. Like, she know, like, super smart and intelligent, so he was, like, mm-hmm. giving us great insight. And, uh, you know, Mark also, like, he doesn't really do the porn thing. He's yeah. not that guy. So yeah. him getting out of it. his, like, comfort zone was a lot of fun, too. So yeah. uh, I, I love Mark. He's another guy that, like, I know for years. So it was great to just get to sit with him and, and just put each other down basically and but he see, and watch cum shots together yeah i mean like <laughs> but that was another show where like i think um you know it really rocked out best when the women were on it watching the porn because yes. that's something that you know I, I think now it you talk women talk more about porn than before but getting amy on there and mm-hmm. chelsea handler and kathy griffin got, and, uh, and margaret cho whitney cummings too right whitney yeah, yeah so we, we we got a lot of cool like perspectives on that show but it was a lot of work and it also was really expensive how so it was like because we only got a certain amount of money, and then I had to throw in the rest because I, I, you know, I'm pretty like fanatical when I start doing something. Like I really get mm-hmm. like, you know, just the blinders on. Yeah. And I think that's how you have to be, especially on a low budget totally. thing where you have to kind of like be the guy who like uh, you know steps up. And I ended up spending like a couple hundred grand on my own money, you know, no, like at least a hundred, you know. And uh, it was one of those things where it's like. I'm definitely going to do it, you know, yeah. but uh, my editor, who I said before, like, was the guy who really kind of, like, totally, like, you know, made that look the way it did. It, just, like, great. Like, you know, we kept it moving. And, yeah. like, was there know. a comic you remember being on the show that maybe had never seen a certain amount of the porn or there was, there was a great moment where it was, like, eye-opening or they were offend- – nobody got offended. Not the com- – well, I, uh, there were some people who – didn't want to do it because they're not into porn. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there were some people who um, were way too into it. No. <laughs> no, like Norton was one of my favorites and yeah. also Artie Lang, who's a really good friend of mine. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, both of those guys. Like it was just great getting their perspective on stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just so many great lines. You know, we had like, uh, what was it, like an hour show or half hour show or whatever it was. It was, uh, it was like one of those things where like, oh, my God, there's so many great lines. Well, how do we choose? How do we choose? <laughs> <laughs> how has porn changed? Has it changed? I, I don't know, like the porn that I watch now, because I stopped watching porn when I turned 50, like just for like, just to see if I could stop. <laughs> That's the first time the guy looking at the, he's like, what? <laughs> and, you know, honestly, then I started again. It was like smoking, where it's like, you know, I tried to like, you know, <laughs> slowly, you know, to- had a rubber band around my hand, you know, doing all the smoking and bouncing a tennis ball. And then I started again. Because I was like, you know, man, I really like, you know, I'm never going to stop watching porn. I guess that's, mm-hmm. this is it. That's got to be a sweet moment to reconnect with your dick like well, that. Well, when you did, it was almost like, you know, starting a car on a cold day. <laughs> it really was like, boom, 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 then bang, bang. It really like, came out. You're like, thank God this thing still works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but hey, guys, <laughs> that was I'm going to say, um, not to end on a sad no, yeah, money yeah. shot, but... Uh, no. So what's next for you guys? Are you going to take this on the road? Because I like the rapport going here. You guys have a good uh, chemistry, as we Thanks, say. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we're, we're doing a couple of live dates, and we're talking to clubs, trying to be able to do a live. Like, if we do a Thursday through Sunday run of shows, and we get there and do, like, a Wednesday podcast hey. or a Thursday podcast. If I'm in town and you're doing a live one, let me come. I want to be on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love that. Lo- yeah. We love to have The last you. one, it ended with Brad running on stage dressed as Sia, the dancer. Oh, really? Yeah, the yeah. singer. Yeah, doing my own version of her song. And uh, I was wearing a leotard, and I think... Uh, uh, I think th- I think that was a memorable moment for everyone in the audience that yeah. night. Leotard or Unitard? Which way do you? Uh, who are you voting for? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't like that. like it was a leotard, but I really feel like I identify myself as a unitard. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, before we wrap up here, that you're talking about how you missed the boat on all the exotic locations with the travel show with Insomniac. Yeah. I think re, uh, revisiting Insomniac and no, going to Brazil and all the famous places. No, I went to Brazil, but like mm-hmm. I wanted to go to the places that like you know, like know Vice goes to. Like I, I really wanted to go. Like We wanted to do... Uh, we did a USO thing in Germany, but like <laughs> on my Insomniac? USO tours, I went to Afghanistan and Iraq, wow. and I've done like five of those. And like uh, let me tell you something. like It would have been really cool for the troops if if we had been yes. able to do that stuff and like uh that Insomniac, was the kind of north travel. korea yeah i wanted to do like that kind of stuff <laughs> oh man and, uh you know we just never could get like the clearance or the yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah, going yeah. on now because i felt like uh that would have been really like the great oh yeah thing you know that would have been the coolest like you know do you guys have fun and then you know <laughs> <laughs> uh well on one, on one of my uso tours i i caught a couple uh having sex in the theater so yeah they got a couple yeah they oh, yeah. You mean troops the troops yeah 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 right. they 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 find way they find ways to have fun that that's for sure well that's that's great yeah <laughs> what, what, what bit where was it uh this was in uh oman oh there you go yeah and so I, that's like the connecticut of the middle east <laughs> it's just rich they don't they don't really fight i i was getting laughs on just like oh where are you where are you guys the, oh, that's like yeah that's like the you know yeah, that's like west virginia don't even bring that up but it's really hard to do a uso tour because uh they also have their standards like yes, i used they do. to do uh you know like uh, you know like the, whatever joke that you know the troops want to hear but the, right and it was always like the colonel was like i'm cool with it but like you know we got like this like you know and this general who's not here yeah if, yeah if, like, if he hears they about don't know it, and off. this might offend this person yeah. so i felt bad for them but then when you get it like out in the fobs you know the forward forward basin, operating base then you could yeah. do like whatever you wanted then yeah care. those are great because there's like nine people at that entire base but i also would be followed like you know talk about being bumped it would be like oh you don't know the dallas cowboy cheerleaders are here and they're gonna be doing this thing and then we got like you can't beat that you know we got an actual nascar track that we flew in and we're gonna have guys doing hot laps you don't mind if they do that. Do a quick 30. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, whatever. I, I also did one where they have, like, you know, because it's a NATO base where they have, mm-hmm. like, people from Australia and they have people from all these other countries come by. And because Anna Kornikova was on, on the show, oh she's so God. beautiful and really cool to, like, do these shows. You know? Right. She was a patriot. She, she wanted to stand give back up? to. What's that? She's a stand up? <laughs> Tight five. No, no. She, <laughs> she just wanted to, like, give back to the, you know, like, you know, she just wanted to thank America. Yes. Yeah. Thank something America. To, something to jerk off to. Good for her. And, like, every, every troop was there like i think even some of the like taliban were online they wanted, get, they wanted a picture because she was like you know signing all the pictures they were hoping to see pete sampras but yeah maybe. maybe like who are you and, yeah. like to me and like who are you i'm like i could care less you yeah. know i'm like she's right over here and whatever and it's just so funny to see like you know like everybody is lonely and horny and like just yeah. wants to break up the monotony of the you know horrible yeah. situation i did a i did a uso tour that had the uh pussycat dolls on it Oh, cool! And that, yeah, and that was something where it was like, "Wow, no, that's really cool." No one cares about the midget. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only time. Is, the only time yeah. that's ever happened. What in Trump's my life. midget? Pussycat dolls. Pussycat dolls. What yeah. about like a Kid Rock who did so many of these tours? Like that yeah. must have been a rocking tour because he is a great act. And yeah. like, you know the fact that like they would get somebody like that. Definitely, that's if you as a comic or whatever get a chance to do do that kind of thing, you should do it. Yeah, I haven't really yet. Is, Really, got, it's like one of the few things I'm really proud of. of well, like, and, in, and, in and you've done so much thing. work for them, and uh, you've you've been a champion for a couple of their charities. Uh, while we're while we're wrapping up, I want to make sure we, we mention them. It was a, a purple something? There was a, yeah, the Operation Purple, which is yes. for to raise money for um, the summer camps for the children of um, of the men and women who were deployed. That's a really good one. And yeah. uh, you know, I've done stuff for the Wounded Warrior, and also the USO, which few people know this that uh, USO 
that takes donations that they need yeah. they need money it's it's not a it's not a government thing it, right. they need money to put on these shows and they do more than just the shows they set up like you know uh, like for people to like cameras for people to read stories for their children right you know, so no, that the kids have a bedtime story they, the most they do a lot of mind uh, opening thing that ever happened to me on one of these tours when i was in one of these ford operating bases and i said and they showed me my bed and it didn't have a pillow on it yeah. i was like hey can i get a pillow is that cool and they looked and said they, they they said yeah but then that guy and they pointed to a soldier and said he doesn't get a pillow Oh, I was wow. like, oh, fuck. Okay. You're like, oh, I'm sorry about that, but could I just still really quick just get <laughs> well, I mean, a... I mean, don't get me wrong. I still got the pillow because, uh, hey, this is, you know... Yeah, yeah. What did the locals think of you? That's what I want to know. Like, did, did oh, you yeah. run into any locals? Like, yeah, in a... Ba- like the Haji a, shops or something like that? Bahrain, we did a couple of local shows. That was... They, they didn't laugh so much as they just stood there with their mouth agape like... <laughs> How is this? How is this happening? How is did this they, talking? Is that what you're about to say? <laughs> how is this talking? Did they scream? The legend is true. <laughs> there will be. A, <laughs> there will be six more months of summer. <laughs> yeah, you should have like ran over and like you know I am your master. <laughs> well, there was one time when um, I ran after a group of guys that were kind of making fun of me, uh, and I, I started locals or our guys lo- locals. Okay, and good. like. Oh, because uh, one of them said I was a demon. Oh, and, really? And, yeah. So then, um, so, so then, like I ran, I ran after him, like going like like, like that, and then they, and they started just booking it, and then like I I had uh, two marine um, two marine escorts, and they were the best because they wanted to have fun too. Yeah. So they see me start running off, and then they yell out, "He's loose! He's loose!" <laughs> <laughs> and like everyone starts like panicking, like I'm not a fucking velociraptor. <laughs> That's something in that when they take you on tour, they have guys watch you to yeah. make sure that like you're safe and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's weird because like you know I'm up in the middle of the night chain smoking, you know, <laughs> looking for a place for coffee. Right. And they're like, they're like, you know, okay, um, you know, like. Um, Whatever it would be like, you know, box car is moving, and I'm like, what? Go, oh, your box car, okay? What? The other guy, you know, Tonto. your Falcon, he's snowman. You're this, I'm like, okay, because that's their job; they have yeah. to watch you. And then, like, sometimes I would like, because I'm really like, I don't sleep, so I would yeah. like wake them. And I'd be like, I got to be really careful because I look like their nightmare. You know? <laughs> you so wake them like, hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take the K bar knife out of my mouth. <laughs> And like, How did David they, Tell die? Yeah. Well, <laughs> friendly fire, everybody. <laughs> well, uh, thank you not only for yeah. doing that, guys, for soldiers, you're great. but you're thank just, you so best. much for doing this podcast. No, this is this is awesome. Yeah, you guys are, are always you're too good to me. Thank you. Well, you're you're our uh, you know one of our idols, man. So this is like a treat. And I know it's weird for you to hear that, and you know whatever, but. Um, Oh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say, but yeah. hey, to the fans listening, uh, you got to check out these guys live, and uh, I've seen them both, and they and they rock it. And uh, you know, for me, uh, when's this going to air? Uh, Monday. Monday. We'll I'll do be a- out of business by then. <laughs> you can catch me managing a Seven Eleven somewhere in Nanoham. So uh, go see David Tell at Long Island Seven Eleven near you.
everybody, it's me, Tony Danza. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow. Endometriosis will spread. Why are you waiting? The CIGC specialists use exclusive laparoscopic techniques to treat complex GYN conditions. You don't need to suffer from abnormal bleeding or pelvic pain. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888 Surgery.